Welcome back to Aliyah Yami. Today we're going to be learning Shmois Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Parashas Shmois. It is a beautiful Aliyah which has a sum total of 14 Sukkim Perig Dalad Yudchesta Perig Dalad Lamed Aleph. The topic of our Aliyah is Moshe's journeys back. Moshe has now accepted the agency. He is going to be the leader to go and free Israel. And now this continues in that direction. So here Moshe Rabbeinu goes and he returns to his father-in-law, Yeser. This is the third name we've heard for him. We've heard his name is Ruel, Yisra, now Yeser. Um, Chazal tell us he has a number of names. He goes and he, he makes a request. He says, I'm going to see my the plight of my brethren in Egypt. Yisra says to him, Lech l'shalom, go in peace. Um, so um, at this point in time, Hashem appears again to Moshe and says, go to Mitzrayim because the people who are looking for your life, who are trying to fi- find you, have, lo- have lost their lives. They are, they are no longer. So Moshe Rabbeinu picks up his wife, he picks up his children, and he puts them on the donkey and goes off to the land of, of Egypt. He's taking this mate, which is going to accompany them, this staff, and, um, and, he, and, off he, uh, and off he goes. Hashem tells Moshe uh, as he should go back to, um, uh, to Egypt, and he is going to do all these signs, and Hashem is going to, he warns him that he's going to harden the heart of Pharaoh, and he will not allow you to leave and the, he, Hashem tells Moshe that the end game is Bani Bechari Israel. My firstborn is Israel, and I usually tell Paro if you're going to refuse to send my people, that I'm going to kill your firstborn. So that's the message he gets. He, he goes off. He gets to a Malon, which is an inn, and Hashem encounters him and tries to kill him. Tzipora takes a stone and she circumcises her son. And th- at this point in time, she says, "Chasan Damim Atali, you are." Um, a, a groom of blood to me, and the, and and Moshe Rabbeinu is saved in this moment, very enigmatic moment. Finally, we then hear about how Hashem tells Aaron to go and f- find Moshe Rabbeinu in the desert, and that's what he does. He goes and finds Moshe in the area of Har Ha'elokim, the mountain of God. They kiss. He kisses Moshe, and then Moshe tells all the happenings. He tells him all the experiences that he's gone through and all the the signs that he's going to do. And off they go. They go and t- gather the elders of the people. They s- explain everything that's been told to them. They show the signs to them via Amen Ha'am, and the people believe. And they know that Hashem is going to save them. Um, and Hashem is not, has seen their suffering. A very, a very powerful description. They bow down, they prostrate themselves. It's a very beautiful description at the end over here. A few basic questions to think about on Ar Aliyah. Question number one Why did he return to Yisra first? So Rashi explains that the reason was, was that he had sworn to his father in law. By Yoel Moshe, which is uh, just a few years ago, was an indication that Moshe Rabbeinu had sworn to be re- um, responsible to his father-in-law, and the fact that he uh, um, he needed to leave now, he needed to gain permission. He needed to ask his father-in-law to release him. Essentially, the Rachaim Hakadosh says that it doesn't actually mention the, the, his mission to Yisrael. Did you notice that he doesn't say that God told me to go and I'm going to free them? He just says I want to see the plight of my brethren, and the part of the reason for that. Is because Hashem never spoke to him saying Lemor. Lemor is to be said to others. Right now, this is a private mission. So all he did was, it was a much, we'll call a toned down request. I'm going to see how everybody's doing, see how the family's doing. But it's not really about his actual mission as well. Now, next question is, why does Hashem tell him to go a second time? It seems like Hashem is telling him to go. And then he tells him that people looking for your life are, are, are dead. Why is that? Rashi explains, explains that this refers, that refers to Dustin and Aviram, these two individuals 
who Moshe Rabbeinu intervened in their fight beforehand. They were the ones who reported him to the king. Well, they're dead. But the truth is they aren't dead. We're going to meet them elsewhere and later on. And the, the idea that Chazal understand over here is that they didn't really die, but they were dispossessed. They didn't have possession. So what difference does that make sure they can lay a claim? And the answer is not really. Actually, a lot of political claims are dependent on financial or communal standing. And when they've lost their financial and communal standing, their words are less worth it. They are less important to the politicians at the time. That's what Hashem is telling him over here as well. Ramban says that he thought he should go alone um, at the beginning, and uh, the, and he would not leave. He'd bring his family, and Hashem is saying, "No, no, no! I'm giving I'm giving the full license to go properly. All of you, you can all go." That's why it's said a second time around as well. Now, what does it mean that that Israel is the Bani Bukhari, the firstborn of Hashem? So um, Rashi says uh, the Da'as the Kane, the Balei Atosos, explained that this is this is really the ratifying of the idea that Yaakov got the Bukhari, the firstborn right from Esau, meaning to say that Abraham was the chosen one. He was chosen to be the, nation, the the special nation of Israel. And at this point in time, Hashem is saying, well, Yaakov, who bought the Bechorah, the firstborn right, is the one who's deserving. So this is really an internal reflection. It's not as a relationship to the rest of the world. It's a relationship to our own people, Asa versus Yaakov. However, the Bechorah Shara points out that it's actually a reference to the rest of the world, meaning Israel is to the rest of the world as the firstborn is to the rest of the brothers. That means Hashem has many children, those are all the human beings, and Hashem loves all his children, but the firstborn is his special child. It's the one where that, that, that he has a special relationship to, and that is who Israel is in the world. The Chasim Sofa says that these two ideas converge, the internal ratification of the birthright to Yaakov and the idea of the nation of Israel being the firstborn to the rest of the nations of the world. Those two ideas converge in that um, Yaakov was was not the first child born, and Israel was not the first nation to coalesce. Um, they were only they only came into being many many years later after the beginning of the world and many other nations in between. So the idea is sof machshav Hashem had this idea at the beginning, because of the beginning, which means the nation of Israel, that even though at the beginning they were not necessarily they were they, they had not um had a, a, they were not created first but they were the intention same with yaakov was not the one born first but he is going to be the one who is who is given that portion of being part of god as well um and 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 this this the Malbim says is is also one other thing you hear from this is that Moshe Rabbeinu is getting the full picture here. He is being told right now that there is going to be this refusal. Egypt is not going to allow them out, and because of that, there's going to be all these plagues leading to the ultimate plague, which is really the point of the whole program, which is killing the firstborns of Egypt because they are affecting the firstborns of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore it's midah keneged midah. So this is measure for measure. The Malbim says this raises the question, of course, of the free will and the chance of Pharaoh to do to Shiva, to come back, but nonetheless, the, we, we're not, we won't discuss that now, but that is part of what's being told here. Moshe is being told the final game plan over here as well. Another question is, is what happened along there? What was this curious thing that happened at the at this rest stop, at this inn that Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to be killed? So Rashi says that he was should have circumcised his newly born son Eliezer, but he delayed, he tarried when he was getting involved with the needs of the Malon, or the staying, and therefore he, there was this the, this apparition was sent to him, which almost killed Moshe Rabbeinu until his wife interceded, did the bris miller, and thereby released Moshe. And um, the Das Zakanim uh, explains that really explained that it, perhaps what is happening over here is is that um, he had thought his family was coming with him. Aaron said, "Don't bring your family with because they need to go back. It's not worth bringing more people into slavery." And um, 
And there, there, that being the case, there was no longer a rush to get them down to Egypt, so he should have therefore dealt with the bris miller uh, immediately. It was no, they were no longer under the jurisdiction of the command of God to get down to Egypt. So the word was at that point in time when the hesitation, where he dealt with the malon, with the, their, how they were living at this inn, that he, he became punished. Now, the, the really difficult thing to understand in this story, and this is what the Ksav HaKabbalah of Yakutsi Mecklenburg asks, this is a very basic question is, look, Hashem spent this, this whole time navigating and, and having a dialogue with Moshe Rabbein to make him into a leader. Moshe Rabbein refuses, he doesn't want to, Hashem convinces him, Hashem finally gets angry with him and says, you have to go on this mission. So why would Hashem want to kill him now? And moreover, let's say that he delayed in this mitzvah. The, the, the punishment for delaying a bris is not death. If we're not, not doing a bris right away, is not death. What, what is really going on over here. So the Ksav HaKabbalah says that Moshe Rabbeinu was a very sensitive, very humble individual. And he did commit a sin here because he didn't take advantage of doing the commandment of, of circumcision, which was coming through in the Abrahamic family for many generations now. And he knew that he was incorrect. Therefore, when it says that, he's, that, uh, that Hashem wanted to kill him, it doesn't actually mean that Hashem wanted to kill him. It was that he thought about himself. Vayavakesh Hamisai, Moshe asked that Hashem should kill him because he felt unworthy as a leader to carry out the mission when he was not spiritually perfect. This is almost like Yonah asking to die when he, when he doesn't feel he's worthy of the mission of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what's happening over here as well. Um, this is, this is the, in a certain sense, it's interesting when Moshe Rabbeinu feels that he's not worthy of action because of the life he's leading and it's gain in steps, in steps the woman, in steps the, the person who's perhaps less concerned about this, you know, the, the spreadsheet of, of, you know, merits versus demerits and says just, we need to get going, we need action. This needs to be resolved in the realm of action, not in the realm of thought. And that's what Tzipporah does. Finally, um, this, uh, the, this Aliyah over here, it does indicate, and I'll leave one question which is worthwhile thinking about, and that is, is that Aaron is told to come up and meet Moshe. Aaron goes and meets Moshe in the Harelokim, which is where Moshe Rabbeinu first had this experience. But the question I'd, I would leave everybody with is, well, how does Aaron just get out of Egypt? Meaning Egypt is a sealed border, the, the Hebrews can't just leave, so why is it that, fair, that Aaron has no problem go, coming and going? as well. With this we conclude the sixth earlier. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.